What's up, everybody? It's Az on again. Quick favor, I'll make it snappy. If you're on an Apple iOS device and you use the podcast app to listen to this show, thank you first off. But go ahead and search on the podcast app for Wake Up Board Chain. You'll see two results. Please make sure you are subscribed and downloading to the feed on the right. It all looks completely identical, but the one on the right actually has more ratings and reviews. So if you could migrate over to that one, that would be really super appreciated. And if you're on any kind of mobile device and you download this podcast off any sort of provider, if you could search for Wake Up War Chant, you might see multiple results. Uh, if you could make sure you're downloaded and subscribing to the one that has the more ratings and reviews, that'll just kind of, you know, put all of our numbers in one big pot as opposed to splitting it up the way it's been here for like the last year and a half. Should only take you three or four seconds. I know I just took like 40 seconds, so I apologize. But if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Let's get to the show. From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Corner Pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Just blaze. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Uh, kill him. All the girls see them. Look at his kicks. Look at his car. All I say is. Wake up! Your favorite football team's 4-0. This is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, the Knolls dominate an ACC Power 5 opponent. How? Jordan Travis, awesome. And all these dudes stepping up all across the field, as well as the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. And a little bit of a whip around in the entire college football universe. We are brought to you by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. Check it out, the website. Head over there Friday. There'll be another happy hour with Jeff and Corey, 5.30 to 6.30. I was out there. I was out mm. there this past Friday, everybody, so don't say that I don't ever leave my house. I'm a hermit. I showed up. I hung out. I saw Corey and Steph and Shane and Eric Angel, uh, Shane and Michelle. Uh, so uh, another mailman that's apparently friends with Tom who gave mm-hmm. mailman shorts to Jeff Cameron. Um, just craziness, just all around craziness, the corner pocket barn, but the good kind, good for the soul, right, Corey Clark? It is. It is. That's the place to be on Friday nights. Everybody knows that. Uh, it's really the place to be every night, mm-hmm. uh, but Friday nights in particular because we're there. Well, I say we, Jeff and I, and Aslan occasionally. Well, it's your guy's show. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want to steal the thunder. You know, when I, again, when I walk into the room, the momentum yeah. shifts. Don't want to take away from you yep. guys. You know, trying to be a team player here. Trying to be a team player. It is a home game, so there will be. Well, hopefully, there'll be a home game. We're not going to get too much into the weather. Uh, we are below junior meteorologists, but uh, there will be another happy hour this Friday, five thirty, six thirty, and then another War Chant game day presented by Zaxby's over at the Hotel Indigo, three hours before kick. So, what's the, my math is terrible. So it's noon thirty. 12.30 then? Well done, Aslan. Well done. You know, it's like, it's like do you count the zeros and the ones? And, you know, what's, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's never arithmetic. None of it. None of it was my strengths. Uh, but anyhow, all that going on with a home game this weekend, hopefully barring any sort of catastrophe with Tropical Storm as we record this, Ian, uh, barreling towards the great state of Florida. Anyhow, Corey Clark, 4-0 Florida State. They were a, I think when it went off, I don't know, maybe 18-point favorite over Boston College. The over-under was 48-and-a-half. You know, we're like, man, you know, will Jordan play? Won't he play? Pete Thamel uh, blows the top off of that. Thanks, Pete. We kind of yeah. thought he was probably going to play after the way we saw him practice on Wednesday. But let's just get to the bottom of this, man. Just 
They win 44-14 over Boston College. First play of the game, first touch, Trey Benson, 93-yard kickoff touchdown return. Uh, and from there, they just romped over BC. The game never in doubt, never in question. This team, not only, you know, this whole lose big, lose small, win small, win big, I didn't realize that timeline could happen all here like in a, in, in, in a whole year practically. But the fact that they just dominated. I mean, they, they dominated – Pretty good defense, not a great offense, but you know a conference opponent that they see all the time that knows who they are and what they're about. They went out there and absolutely dominated them. How surprising is that to you, Corey? And, and how did we have we got to this point? Yeah, it, it was very surprising. Not that Florida State won, but the way the uh, j- just the way the game went. You know, I thought um, you know I thought coming off an emotional win, playing a kind of a desperate team. Playing a team that has some some players. I mean, I know their offensive line isn't very good, but they've got some veterans on offense that have done some things in this conference, and the defense isn't a joke. Um, I thought it would be a game in the second half. I thought it would be a game in the fourth quarter, honestly. I, I just did. I just It felt like one of those games where you might have to slog through it. And, yeah, even if you won 27-13, to 13, it, it, it still the game could have gone either way in the fourth quarter. That's how I envisioned it. And, no, man, it was over midway through the second quarter, which I, I can't even – it's just hard for me to fathom because Florida State was without its two best defensive players, and they still, uh, you know, found a way to really kind of dominate that game on that side of the ball. And then Jordan Travis is Jordan Travis on the other side of the ball. I mean, that guy. I don't. You run out of uh, superlatives. Superlatives yeah. to talk about that kid. He's just he's just playing in a an elite level right now. And um, yeah, I did. I didn't think that was possible. I thought the win was probable. Obviously, that's why they were a seventeen and a half or eighteen point favorite, but. Man, what a good sign that must be for for the fans of this program to win a team. You, you, that that to me is it's as big a program win Aslan is the one in Louisville, where you lose all those guys and you still have dudes step up, uh, next man up mentality and all that. We hear it a million times and go win a game on the road, show that what for and that gut and those cojones late to go win that game. I thought that was a program win and what you've instilled. This one might have even trumped that one, because man. You had every excuse in the book to kind of go through the motions a little bit. You, you know, you, you, you're not used to winning. You're not used to being 3-0. and You got the one of the worst teams in the league coming in. You're banged up. You, you, I, I just, I, I'm, they went out hungry like they were 0-4. They played hungrier, which again, I think is, that's when you're talking about building a culture and doing it the same way every time. For them to play with that kind of mindset, like you know, uh, you know, like their record was zero and zero. They hadn't proven anything yet. Uh, that's a good step, man. That's a good step. I know they're better than Boston College, but the talent level isn't that wide that yeah. you would expect uh, what those stats were in the first half. What was it like three hundred twenty yards to seventy? That's crazy, man. That's just that's a team buying into what they're doing, even with some guys missing, and that's a coaching staff that has instilled something that. Uh, that, man, right now certainly seems pretty special. I mean, I'm impatient. Uh, we've gone over that plenty in the years that we've done this show. It's, just, it's incredible to me that this all has come together this nicely, this fast. And I don't know if it starts at the quarterback position. It certainly helps. But, I mean, to your point, they've, they've instilled something in these guys that they play with such intensity and such focus. And, listen, they, it's not like – we see them practice, and then they go out on Saturday, and we're like, "Where did that come from?" But like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to to talk about practice, and then what we see at the games to where I don't know. I mean, they practice hard, but like, still though, there's a certain degree of like, I cannot believe they're playing. They're 
executing at such a high level on offense. Now, defensively, with the losses of Jared Verse and Fabian Lovett, it's, it's still incredible that they're able to, to, to stand pretty tall against you know Louisville in that fourth quarter and also what they did at Boston College, even though they were banged up. But like watching this team practice, like at no point am I like this is they're threatening to be ten wins, maybe win the Atlantic, maybe win the conference, and I don't know, be some sort of crazy dark horse playoff football team. And I don't know what happens to them under the lights on Saturday, or maybe it, or what you see at practice, Corey, is that what what the fans are seeing every Saturday night, Friday night, Sunday night? Again, man, I, I just think that's so hard for us to contextualize, right? Because it we is, don't watch yeah. other teams practice. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what Alabama's practice looks like. I know they have better players at their practice than Florida State does, but I don't know if they practice harder. Um, I don't know if Georgia practices harder, Ohio State, or, uh, you know, name a team, Tennessee. I, I don't know that any of those teams practice harder. I think some of them have more talent. But, yeah, man, they practice really hard. I mean, that's one thing they've done since he got here. Uh, they, they aren't lax. Um, you know, watch that offensive line, man. They they do not take any time off. And when they're done, I think we've talked about this before, but I can't remember. When they're done in the last period of the practice that we get to watch, which is like usually period 23, they blow the whistle. Mike, Mike Norvell blows it like four times, so you know that's the last period. And then the offensive linemen sprint. Yes. All the all the rest of the position groups kind of jog to their they, – they go through some individual drills at the end of practice. All the other position groups, they, they don't walk. They, there's no walking on those practice fields, but they jog. You know, in a normal, well-paced jog. The offensive linemen sprint as if, I don't know, man, they're running towards a buffet. It's, it's crazy how much they – Darius Washington is sprinting like he's in a race, and they do it every practice. And I just think that's they've instilled something in this team where they, they know what hard work is. And, man, when you get a little bit of success, just a modicum of it, like they have now, it, it feeds your belief. Like, we're doing this for a reason. The reason we're winning is because of what we do Sunday to Friday. That's why we're winning. And I just think that, that you see that in practice. They do practice hard. It's not, but again, it's hard to know if their practices are crisper than other teams. We don't watch other teams. I mean, there are mistakes in practice. There are coaches yelling at guys. Um, but overall, the one thing you know they do is there's no wasted movement, uh, and they, they, they really do work hard. Because their coaches won't let them not work hard. Yeah, it's just you know watching the game with Dominic Robinson in the first half. I just kept saying the word incredible like four or five times. Just the way they're executing on offense. Uh, again, did not see any of this coming, which is I guess should make it all that much more sweeter, uh, especially for a lot of the fans. And a lot of the fans are like, hey man, I, you know I'm a fan, so I still think they're going to win every single football game. But I don't even think in your wildest dreams you thought they would look this good through four games. Uh, as they're off to a 4-0 start here and have a huge contest with Wake Forest coming up this Saturday. Jordan a, Travis. A ranked, ranked contest, Aslan. Yes, right, yeah. We buried yeah. the lead. So what, they're 22nd by the writers, 23rd from the coaches. Uh, reverse, reverse that. Reverse that, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, and, Wake is, and Wake is still ranked, too. They didn't drop well, after they that shouldn't. game against Clemson. No, I, I agree. They got it right. The voters got it right. All right, so Flores say right now, according to Pro Football Focus, the number six overall team graded overall. Uh, the number four offense... 33rd, uh, 33rd rather on defense, and they're tied for first on special teams. The teams ranked ahead of them overall. Minnesota's number one, which mm. they absolutely obliterated Mel Tucker yeah. at Michigan State. Uh, bad weekend for the uh, COVID fraternity of coaches. Sam Pittman loses. Yeah. Um, so does uh, Mel Tucker, embarrassingly. But hey, uh, Lane and Mike, right and high. Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, and then Florida State, number six. You asked. Mike Norvell after the game just about 
is Jordan Travis. Did you put a number on it, or you were just like, is he one of the better quarterbacks in the country? I don't know if you asked him he's a top 10 guy. I don't know if I put a number on it, but I yeah. did ask him. Because, you know, I, I talked about it after the, after the Louisville game where Norvell just said, matter-of-factly, we lost one of the best players in the country in the second quarter, mm-hmm. talking about his quarterback. And, and, you know, obviously 18 months ago, if he'd have said that about Jordan Travis, we'd all rolled our eyes or chuckled. Yeah. Um, nobody was chuckling in that press conference uh, after the Louisville game, and then certainly nobody's chuckling after watching what he did to, to BC. Like this kid, this kid's playing at a, a, a different level. Um, it was good to see him move. The one worry I had, not worry, but question mark I had when I, because I, I, we both kind of felt like the way he practiced on Wednesday. Why would you have him do the work he did on Wednesday if he was not going to play? So, but I didn't think he he didn't move great. Um, so that's that was my biggest concern is that yeah I know he can see it I know he can make plays but he can, can he avoid pressure can he make plays outside the pocket and yeah he could he had a the the scramble at, in the end zone for like a twenty five yard run a twenty five yard pass and then he had the one run the only real run he had where he you know yeah. put his foot in the ground looking like Peter Warwick just like same old Jordan Travis so um, that's good he didn't take any he took one hit on a throw but I don't remember him taking many hits at all. Um, so he should have hopefully gotten out of that game relatively healthy, and he'll be a week healthier uh, when they play Wake. But, man, you know these throws that he's making now, the Cam McDonald's one specifically, just those are, those are dimes. Those are great throws. Um, one was on a fourth down play, um, hitting McDonald you know, down inside the 10 when the game was still in doubt early. Um, he is just – it's not just – like I watched the Clemson-Wake game, and I, the, obviously the Clemson kid had a very nice game. He also made about five or six throws where you're like, yeah, what was he seeing there? And some of them he was bailed out with. Like his receivers went and made plays, and they had not been doing that. Uh, second touchdown was a great pass breakup, but somehow ended up getting went right, right through his hands. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the first one, I, I swear his first touchdown, I think he was throwing to another guy. And the other Clemson guy intercepted it for the touchdown. But he, you, you, you still wonder with him, and I'm not saying he's a bad player. He might be much better than we all thought he was going to be. But you still wonder with him sometimes, okay, what exactly is he seeing? Is he seeing everything? Um, Jordan Travis, you're not really wondering that, man. Like he, It's not just the throws he's making out wide. It's the whole picture he seems to see. You know, the throw he hit pokey for a 60-yard play or a 70-yard play, whatever that was. You know, that's just him rolling to his left on a dime, reading the coverage. And there's a bust. And when you make a bust against Jordan Travis, it would appear he's going to, he's going to see it every time. That's where he sees it now. That's how comfortable he seems to be in this offense. He is just seeing everything. Um, and it has been a long time since they got quarterback play like this. A long, long time. And so with that in mind, you know, again, we're only a third of the way through the season. But you don't you just feel comfortable in every game you go to? Like, you're not, you're not comfortable you're going to beat Wake. You're not comfortable you're going to beat NC State necessarily. But you know you should be in the game. And you got a guy that they really got to worry about at quarterback. Because he's playing at an elite level, and man, that's cool. To, that's just cool to cover. I'm sure it's cool for you guys to cheer for and uh, and uh, you know talk to your buddies about. Like this is just awesome that that this offense looks like this. Feels kind of like a low bar there. I mean, in terms of being comfortable, and yeah, you're going to be in every game. Like we've we've surpassed that now, Corey. Right? Like this whole like oh, this will be in every single game. We're not going to get humiliated. Like they look so good. It just gets to the point now where you kind of start asking yourself, how will they lose games? Um, I don't think they're yeah. going to give games away. They're not going to. The other team, I mean, I'm not trying to be like Captain Obvious, is, is going to have to make a few more plays than Florida State's going to. Like they're going to have. It's going to yeah. be that Clemson Wake Forest kind of contest back and forth where 
you know, their quarterback somehow rises up and makes a few more plays maybe than Jordan does or a few more plays from the run game than Florida State's uh, running backs can, can handle. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, Florida State's legitimate. They're, this is a very good football team. I mean, they're ranked now. Uh, we'll see now. Again, they have a really tough stretch coming over the wake and then NC State and Raleigh, and then you have Clemson. But this quarterback, man, I've never been in his corner. I'm not trying to be a fan later. I'm just simply respecting how much growth he has done or has shown us and how well he's performing. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago when I'm, I was kind of lamenting, like, how do you defend this def- uh, this offense, rather, if you're, if you're a, a defense? Uh, how do you defend for 60 minutes against a team that's pretty committed to the run game but has a quarterback now who is making great reads? I mean, some of these throws he's making down the seam to Cam McDonald in coverage just putting it only where he can get it. Now, sometimes it's hitting off his hands and he's not catching it, but uh, I digress. The deep shots he's taking, um, I mean, the whole fact that they still have to respect the read uh, option when it comes to Jordan, even though he hasn't really held on to anything. But he's making the right handoffs on everything. They're doing jets, jet motion to keep teams off balance. They're just doing so many things, running so many different sets. It's such a multiple attack. Um, I, They'll lose a game somewhere, probably. That's sure. just... Just the nature of this game that we love, everybody. Uh, but they look so sound. And, man, it, it really does come down to him. The offensive line has lost guys. They're holding up well. The off, And the running backs are finding ways to, to, to break off some big yards. And the receivers are doing their job, too, man. But it just I, I can't help but think it, it doesn't all stem from just how well he's seeing it. Because he probably doesn't have a, plus, a, a check plus arm, you know, Jordan. Um, but man, he is to your the whole fact of him seeing things. That's got to be the most important thing as a as a quarterback. So his decision making, what he is seeing, how he's processing things, he understands where the ball has to go. Um, I don't know how many quarterbacks see it that well, um, and maybe some of them are a little bit more physically gifted than Jordan, but not many, not many. So for sure, if you ask me right now, I, mean, I, I think Florida State has a top ten quarterback in the nation on their roster right now, number thirteen. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I don't know that Boston College thought that. Uh, the way they defended that game was, in my opinion anyway, is we are going to make them beat us through the air because we are not going to let them run on us. I mean, they, you saw those defenses, man. They were, they were run blitzing on every play, it seemed like. They had seven or eight guys, not just in the box, but like right near the line of scrimmage a lot of time. Yeah. Basically daring Florida State at, at times to, to, to try to beat them, and, and they can now. Um, you know, you know, and I think that Florida State ended up running for 180 yards, but some of that was late, and a couple of those were big runs. I think, you know, Treshawn Ward probably had eight runs of two yards or less. Uh, I thought Boston College did a pretty good job, all things considered, in the run defense, but great, good job. Then you gave up 20 yards of pass completion. So yeah. you, you, you can't take away everything, it would appear. Um, you know, when you – in. Last year, you could a little bit. Now, not everybody could do it, but if you could take away the run and make Florida State one-dimensional, you were likely going – that the Florida State offense was likely going to struggle. Well, not anymore. Uh, you can go ahead and make Florida State one-dimensional. Give, give one-on-one coverage to those wide receivers. Uh, see how that works out for you. Um, it, but all, 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 or maybe play back, and then they'll run all over you. Like, they do really seem to have a, um, an offense that's going to be very hard to defend. Now, look – we understand not this week coming up. Wake's defense isn't very good. Uh, their offense is great. Their defense isn't very good. The two teams after that have very good defenses. Um, I know. I know Hartman threw for six touchdowns against Clemson, but those guys up front can play. They can change a game. Um, but man, 
when you play all these other defenses that don't have NFL dudes up front, I, I just feel like you, you got to – I don't know what you do with Florida State. I, you, you can play back and make them run the ball on you, but they can. Well, those running backs can play. And then or you can say, we're not going to let them run. We're, we're going to try to force them in a pass. We're going we're gonna to put pressure on them. We're going to be aggressive. All right, well, good luck with man-to-man. And that, that to me, like when you talk about the PFF grades – you know, again, it's four weeks into the season, three three games into the season for for some teams. Um, you know, we can't put all the stock into these ratings. But right now, Florida State has the highest rated receiving group in the country, um, and they, they you know they played some real teams. Now I know Duquesne wasn't LSU's been pretty good, mm-hmm. Louisville's not bad, Boston College is bad, but they got a decent defense. So they've gone up against some real competition, and they have the best graded receiving crew and receiving uh, core in the country. Think about that from where they were a season ago. Come on, man. Like, that's what that's what kind of gets you excited about moving forward is like you talked about. Like, you know, I wrote about, about just how far they've come. And like, is this a really a team that now isn't just sneaking out wins but can dominate other ACC teams? And look, there aren't many ACC teams that Florida State is going to be, is going to be up 31 to nothing on. Uh, maybe Georgia Tech, who apparently has just fired has a pi- yeah. fired their coach. Yeah, not apparently um, gone. Maybe, but man, they they can they can cruise to some wins. It would look like, or they're going to have to play poorly to to be in a game with some of the, with some of these teams. And overall, just you think about, and this is what I wrote about uh, after the game was, you know, obviously last year, four games in, they were zero and four, and in that fourth game. They were down to a pretty average Louisville team, thirty-one to seven in the second quarter, and it looked like, as I wrote, it looked like I was covering the worst Power Five team in the country. Like legitimately, I thought I might because they were coming off a loss to Wake, a bad loss to Wake, on the heels of the all-time loss to Jacksonville State, and then they're down thirty-one to seven in the second quarter, on their way to going zero and four, and you're like, I'm. You guys cheer for the worst Power Five team in the country. I write for the worst. I write covering the worst Power Five team in the country. And ever since that halftime of that Louisville game, something has flipped. Um, that you know, Norvell b- believes in what he's doing and what he's building. Uh, I assume all you guys do now. Uh, there's still a lot of proof to be uh, a lot of proof left. But man, you think about where how far they've come in 365 days from. The worst, the worst receiving core in the ACC to now through four weeks, the best receiving core in the country. Now, clearly, they're not the most talented, but their 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 ranking is one of the best. Their playing is one of the best. Shout out you, Ron Dugans. And shout out Darian Williamson and Kentron Portier, man. Like Malik McLean the week before. It's not just Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman, like or Pokey. There's all these other guys that have never done squat that are starting to do squat, um, and they they're they're going up and making plays like big boy plays. Um, I'd like to see Malik McLean come up with that one. Uh, Jordan underthrew it, but he, that's still a catch he can make because um, Portier made it you know, a few moments later. But when you think about how far this program has come in a year, whether they finish 8-4, and 9-3, and 12-0, whatever, man, then start, start thinking about, okay, now what, what's it going to look like another year from now or another year from now? Is it just, is, is this car, is he, is he, like are they dropping the hammer? In the in the race car, like, are they about to hit two hundred miles an hour? Like, is that what is that what's happening? Are they on the straightaway? Because it just it's hard to believe where they were, what we felt about this program and our jobs, frankly, a year ago, and now we're covering a ranked four and team that was just up thirty one to nothing in a in a conference game. 
juxtaposed to where it was a year ago. It's, it's one of the, it's just been a remarkable turnaround, man. What are they? And I, I've said it, they're 9-3 and three in their last 12 games. 9-3. and three. Almost all of them conference games. And now they got their big blowout. They hadn't had a ton of blowouts in that nine nine wins. This was a big one. Uh, it, I, I thought it was a kind of a statement game in a weird way. No, of course, it won't mean nothing if they lose to Wake. I get it. But, man, that was such a good sign for them to come out and dominate a team that, quite frankly, I didn't think they could do that. I thought they'd win. I thought they might even win comfortably. I didn't think they would embarrass Boston College. I didn't know that was in this program to do something like that. Well, it was. And they did it without their two best defensive players. That's pretty cool. You know football, and you pick winners all the time. Why not get paid, everybody? All you got to do is go over to my bookie, bet single-game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payout. Low contest entry fees and over half a million to be won. Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started? Easy. Just go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code WARCHANT on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus or deposit as some people say Corey. right i like your pronunciation that's promo code warchant to get your first deposit matched mm. dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks my bookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win it's winning season exclusively at my bookie right now florida state over at my bookie six and a half point favorite over Wake Forest. Wow, really? Get some. I'm sorry, six. Six even. I apologize. They're a six-point favorite. The over-under, 66 and a half. I like that number. I like both numbers. Hit the over. Take the Knolls. Get the six points away. We'll give some other picks out later in the week. Courtesy of Corey. MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code WarChamp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I mentioned this on a, a show last week, Corey. It was you know, one of my articulate, inarticulate thoughts. I look at my head, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a great one, but it doesn't come out right. Like, I think now Florida State, I know you mentioned there, you know, they dominated a Boston College team. It won't matter if they can't beat Wake Forest, which I don't I don't know. I think you're being a little bit tongue-in-cheek about that, too. Uh, I mean, these four games, are these are real games. I mean, these are real wins. These are impressive yeah. wins. The, yep. this, these are trends. These are, these are not flukes. Yeah. Um, Despite the, the the crazy nature of the victories, they were the better team against LSU. They were the better team for large stretch of the Louisville game, et cetera. Like to beat Florida State now, like they are, it's the same sort of recipe like works in the NFL. Like you have to be able to get home with only four dudes. Like if you can get home with four dudes and cover your rear end up on the back end, you're probably going to be able to slow this team down. Problem is, for the op- opposition here, Florida State's offensive line has actually held up fairly well despite the fact that they're down, you know, three dudes uh, that they usually probably were going to have in their rotation here now. We don't know how long Robert Scott's going to be out, but he was not out there on Saturday night. Um, And then you have to hem up this quarterback, and you have to get your hand on him, which is half of the battle, but you actually have to bring him down, which is a whole other sort of struggle. Not to mention the fact that he's seeing things so well right now. These receivers are playing so hard. 
I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm kind of at this point now to where, like, I don't know how many points are going to score in a game, but I just believe that, like, when it comes down to possessions, man, they're going to find ways to continue to move the ball down the field on teams until they hit, I don't know, man, the playoff against Alabama or Georgia. Mm. Or, I mean, I don't know if NC yeah. State is – I mean, I know this is a really weird program playing NC State. For whatever reason, we never do well up there, whoever the coach is, however good this football team is. So maybe I should wait until we actually go up there and face them. But I just this is this offense is functioning at such a high level right now. It comes down like, can you get home with four dudes? You probably can't. And even if you can, you got to get that quarterback down, which is so hard to do. And then when he's out of the pocket and it's a seven-second play, these receivers now are good enough to figure out ways to get open, and they're also running the ball fairly well right now. How crazy is it that not only is that this quarterback is playing at such a high level, Corey, but and you mentioned this receiving core being number one right now in PFF, but, man, it's so many different guys. Johnny did nothing Saturday. I was a little bit bummed out about that. I want I wanted to see Johnny go to the moon. I thought we were just going to throw the ball to Johnny every two reps or whatever out there to, to make things happen. But Darion comes up big Kentron I mean mm-hmm. like I don't know if that was maybe his third or fourth rep of the game and they they dial his number up and he goes deep and catches a huge pass I mean just the fact they have so many different weapons too is that maybe even one of the the bigger surprises that like I know you like Jordan Ira like Jordan um you know you like Johnny Wilson we all liked Micah but the fact that we're seeing like 21 88 making some plays I mean Pokey's finally kind of starting to emerge like how much of a pleasant surprise is that and how much is that contributing to the overall effectiveness of this offense that there's just so many weapons yeah and it, it there are man like I, I I mean I was really bummed out that Williamson got hurt and you know you guys will know the extent of his injury on Saturday uh no no idea uh didn't look great when he came off the field after that great play he made but man that you saw that big body that can move and you're like man he's an afterthought like you don't even think about Darian Williamson on this team. And then he had five he had five catches for 98 yards in the blink of an eye. A couple of really nice moves in the yeah. open field, too, for a guy that, that that's that big. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's why Norvell's so excited about him. That's not coach speak. He really is. And there were some moments. Uh, now, he missed some of preseason camp, I think. Uh, but there were moments when he was healthy and, and in, in camp where you're like, he flashed. It's like, man, yeah, 21 can make some plays. Um, but he was an afterthought. Um, you know, it, but that's a good point about Johnny Wilson is because you you thought, okay, if this offense is going to do anything through the air, um, Johnny Wilson has to be a big part of it. Well, no. What do you have, <laughs> two catches for 12 yards? Yeah. And jo- Jordan had his first ever 300-yard game without using him, really. Now, the one catch he did make, it's third and two. The corner's playing 12 yards off him. So that's a pretty easy, here's just a first down. That's a really fun matchup to have is third and two. The corner is so scared of your six, seven guy that he will literally give you a first down and they took it. So let's not lose sight of that. But all third down conversions are important. But I also, I, <clears throat> I want to ask Norvell on today when we talked to him, how much of Johnny not getting the ball was because they were shading towards Johnny and not coincidentally, how much did that open up things for everybody else? Cause when Johnny Wilson's out on the field, it impacts the game, whether he's, making plays or not that impacts the defense and did Boston College do what they thought they were going to do when it came to defending Johnny because now that he put the the Louisville game on tape Johnny's not a you know they everybody knows about 14 everybody knows about 14 and he is going to get a ton of coverage and a ton of attention so did Boston College defend like the Florida State staff thought they would was it just a matter of other guys being more open 
or was it the the safety over the top? The, you know, the the corner had some help. I just I'm I'm very interested in that because that's going to be um I mean that's going to be a storyline all season is Johnny Wilson getting the ball to Johnny Wilson um or them taking the ball away from Johnny Wilson. But to the other transfer, uh I thought Micah had his best game. Um he was trucking folks and I thought he looked good in the punt return game. That is the guy that again is a difference maker. Um that's a you know, he took a a quick screen pass and just hit it hard for like a 16-yard gain and just truck two guys. And he's 5'8", man. He ain't, or 5'9". He's not a big kid, but he's powerful. Oh, he's like he's five, powerfully he's like built. 5'10 or 5'11". Give him, give him his... You and Ira always correct me on that. I think he's 5'9". I don't know why. What's the? He's not 6'5", gang. So he looks out of place in this Florida State receiving crew now. Fair, um, fair. He's, he's closer to my size 5'11". Uh, he's your less size. than 5'11", Mike. All right, so there we go. Well, how about 5'10"? We'll say 5'10 and a half. Um, but man, you see what kind of difference maker he can be. Yeah. Um, and then look, you know, I, we, I was wondering what those three runs would do for Trey Benson. The ones he had in the fourth quarter against Louisville will apparently unlock the cheat code because he ran like a different dude. Um, and you see what happens when he's, cause you see how fast he is clearly, but when he's running full speed at that size, that's, it's a hard dude to bring down, right? Yeah. It's a really hard dude to bring down. Boston like, College couldn't do it. I like Who did you ask about? Was it Kalen you asked about bringing that guy down? And he thought you were talking about Jerkovic. And you're like, no, I'm talking about the guy next to you. Like, how hard is the oh, tackle? Oh, yeah, Trey about Benson? tackling yeah, yeah, tackling Trey Benson in, in, in practice. And I'm not afraid of doing that, Aslan. You'll see this sometimes at press conference, especially with young reporters. They'll ask a question, and the, the person that's, that they ask the question to misunderstands it and starts answering something else. And uh, it was a perfectly fine answer, but Deloach thought I was talking about uh, bringing down the Boston College's quarterback. And really, I was just asking about the guy next, because the guy next to him, I was like, how hard is it bring to bring down the guy next to you? And he misheard me. So I was like, no, no, no. When he was done with his answer, I was nodding along. I'm like, yeah, no, no, I didn't mean their quarterback. I meant, what is it like to tackle Trey Benson? You've had to do it in practice some. Um, because, yeah, some guys will be like, they'll be embarrassed and won't, ask, won't repeat the question and get the right answer. Not this guy. I don't have any shame, Aslan. I'll just I'll 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 ask a question over and over again until I get the the answer I want. But yeah, so you saw what Trey Benson is, um, and I you know I don't think Toa Feely has been untapped yet. Um, there's still some stuff in there that he that makes him a really special player, and he is a tough guy. He's a tough mismatch for teams. So yeah, man, when you think about what this team was last year and the the dearth of weapons, and now you know you don't want to put too much stock into a Boston College win, but you can put stock into Louisville win and the LSU win. It it seems like they do have a you know they have a, a lot more weapons than they've had in a good long while, and they're coached well, they're schemed up well, and those guys get a lot of one on one opportunities and they're taking advantage of it. Plus, the, you're right, man. The quarterback's the difference. And you you were talking about when you think you have a chance. Like I I don't I don't want to say you go into a game like oh this will be close. I, I, that's not that wasn't the point I was trying to make when you're talking about Jordan Travis. Like, oh, we're going to be in this game because you're right. The bar has been raised to not just want to be in the game. I think you go into every game thinking, well, you know what? We still got Jordan Travis. Yeah. We got. And it reminds me. I brought this up before, but after the '93 Florida game, when Bowden was asked after that was the famous Ward to Dunn 78 yard touchdown that got him in the national championship game. When, when Bobby Bowden was asked after the game, like, what did you think about this matchup beforehand? Did you think it was going to play out like this? He's like, all week, I would keep myself up at night saying, well, they're as good as we are here. They're as good as we are here. Are we better than them there? I think they're better than us here. And he goes, but 
I would I would then rest peacefully because I would say to myself, we got Charlie. Mm. And I don't know that you go into this miss, this match thinking, okay, we've got the better quarterback because Sam Hartman is really good, folks, and they run that goofy ass offense. Uh, sorry, uh, you could bleep that out. That is a crazy, that slow mesh thing it's, is just nutty, man. Incredible. It's just, what are you supposed to do? It doesn't even seem fair. Um, How does it work? You, How do they just get murdered every time? Just hit them. Hit them hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, See, I don't. I don't either. I think they do a lot easy. of holding. I think they do a lot of holding in the interior, and because they're Wake Forest, they don't call it. But, um, but you are going to go into a lot of these games coming up, saying, "Well, we got Jordan." Yeah, I, I. That's how. That's how. What the level he's playing at right now. That guy. They didn't punt. I don't think he was in a position. I don't think they punted when he was in the game. No, now, well, they didn't kick there were a few fourth downs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. When you go when you go for it on fourth downs a lot, but that that was just uh, that was a really good performance. Um, probably could have thrown for four hundred if, if a couple of plays had gone a different way. Uh, but I just I, I I just couldn't be more impressed with how how good that kid is. And I th- always thought he was pretty good. But I can be the first to admit, as much as I was a Jordan Travis defender, um, some would call me an apologist. Um, but as much as I had his back the last two years, I can I can admit. I didn't think his ceiling was this high. I just didn't. I mean, he's playing like a guy that could play on Sundays, man. Like he really is. Um, I'm not saying he will, but he's a guy that could that could get a could get a look just the way he sees everything and as quick as he seems to uh, process things. It just seems like the game is really slowed down for him, and he beats you so much more with his arm and his mind than he ever has. The legs are almost an afterthought, man. He uses them when he has to. And that's just such a far cry from what he was thinking about to start the Notre Dame game last year. He's just, he's like a different quarterback. So good job, Norvell and Tony Tokars. Take a bow. Yeah, I think uh, Jordan's tweet after the game, great team win. The atmosphere was amazing. Appreciate the fans more than y'all know. God bless Go Knowles. Hashtag, I am a QB. Oh, was it really? Yeah. So I think that's what he's showing everybody. Like, I yeah, this whole running thing, it's for the birds. I'm just going to sit back here and pick everybody apart. I throw for 300 yards finally. Get off my back. Yeah, tell them, Jordan. Tell them what's up. By the way, how about that crowd, dude? Like, that's crazy. Strong. I mean. Well, I, don't know. I wasn't uh, there for the first half. I was at the. Uh, was at the well, that's floor. true. You, yeah, yeah. You were seeing a lot of people exit on yeah. a third. Thanks a lot, Boston College. Yeah. But, like, to have, I, you know, I know people say it was the first sellout since 2015. Man, I went to games from the 80s all the way through. When you, there, there were, I don't know that there were a ton of sellouts no matter when Boston College rolled through. It's Boston College. Like, that never excited the fan base, even when the fan base was awesome. I mean, even when the team was awesome. So, for a 3-0 and team that has, been so, that has been mediocre for five years and is playing, a, a to be kind, a mediocre football team that brought 100 of its own fans, to sell it out and, like, it wasn't just a sellout in name or tickets sold. It was a sellout. There were not huge pockets of empty seats, man. It was filled to the brim. And it was loud. It sounded like a Notre Dame game. And it was Boston College, man. I just think that that tells you what this fan base thinks of this coach and this team right now because they were that was a great showing. A great showing. The clutch shot. The biggest hit. It's time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. You heard the man. Time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. Uh, you know, it was kind of like I got to pick one of these guys that I've undervalued the entire time they've been here at Florida State. So I'll just I'll pick Trey Benson. I'll pick Ira's Trey Benson. Ira had all those chips on him. 
in the middle of the table long, long ago. But Trey Benson showing, I guess, just what made him pretty special in high school and what Oregon saw in him. Uh, finally maybe showing the form uh, that he's long been trying to gain back after that uh, pretty bad knee injury he had up there in Oregon. Ten carries, 78 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, and then obviously that incredible electric set the entire tone for the evening kickoff return on the very first play of the game, 93 yards for the opening score, uh, which Corey quickly knew as being the first game, first player to start a game off the opening kickoff return for touchdown since Tameric Vanover, 1992 against Miami. Corey knows these things straight off the dome. Trey Benson, my Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. I was going to go with Jordan Travis because he deserves it, but I'm pivoting as oh, in, in the moment. We talked I'm, about no, this. I know I'm pivoting in the moment because you brought it up and I'm going to go with John Papuchas. Oh, I mean, my, when you think – you said it earlier, right, Aslan, were they number one or number two in the country in number special one. teams? Number one, tied Come on, first. man. Yeah. There was nobody that drew the ire of Florida State fans more last year on the coaching staff anyway, even more than Fuller, than John Papuchas. And my man gets his first kick return for a touchdown. Um, the punt return game looked good, especially when Mike is calling for fake fair catches. But otherwise, I thought the punt return game looked good. They The kickoff – I mean, Fitzgerald was nailing balls through the end zone. We don't have to talk about – the, the you know the, the extra We're points about but PATs? okay right. don't have to don't need to unless Shaheen Brown's blocking them but through four games the special teams have been a strength even when you don't have a great kicker they have been a strength and man kudos to that guy because he we watch it Aslan 45 minutes every day that dude's voice is bellowing power, all over the practice field and I can't imagine how rewarding it was for him. We'll, I, we'll find out later today to watch Benson bust through there and to make the switch to put Benson back there instead of Sam McCall. That's a great decision by him and uh, Norvell. And I, I just want to give Papuchas his flowers. He deserves it. He's the coach of one of the best special teams units in the country. And they had their, uh, their first return for a touchdown since he's been here. So he's my indescribably good uh, performer of the week. All right, there we go. Players, performers. It's all good yeah, when it's Zaxby's. Yeah, it's indescribably yeah. good. John Papuchas, Trey Benson, Zaxby's, indescribably good performers. Players of the week, which you did that one time when you signed off, Corey. It was great. I loved it. You should do that more often. <laughs> I will. I will next time. Again, I really hate to you know kind of gloss over it, I guess, but you know we're we're Florida State. You know we've been there, uh, but it's been a few years. But again, Florida State, twenty second in the coaches poll, twenty third in the AP. Uh, first time they've been ranked since the opener 2018 against Virginia Tech. So uh, cool to be and back. That doesn't even count. I wonder when the last in season. What when was the last time they were ranked in season? When was the last time they were ranked in October? Well, probably like six. Probably sixteen. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, so it's been six years since a real ranking. Like they were ranked very high in 17 to start the year. Then the quarterback got hurt and they lost their first two or three games or whatever it was and and. Um, then they were ranked at the start of 18, but they, did, they didn't earn that. Clearly, they weren't one of the best teams in the country that year. They've earned this. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, if their name was LSU, if, if L, what do you think LSU would be ranked right now, Aslan, if, if they had gone oh, for two and beaten man. Florida State? Yeah, well, cause they were two 13th? years removed from a national championship. But I know what you're saying. They'd probably be in the, they'd be in the teens. Yeah. You know, I, you look, Florida State has played well enough that I think they sh you know, if they hadn't had such a bad last four or five years – They'd be top 12 or 15-ish. Yeah. It doesn't matter, though. If you keep yeah. winning, that's what matters. If you beat Wake Forest, you will you will vault up even more because Wake Forest gained a lot of respect this weekend with that game. 
I wish their coach wouldn't have coached like a coward there oh, in the final minute. Like but that. that's fine. You know, he he's a very, very, very good coach. He I is. I like that guy. I hope. I, hope, I do I too. If, I hope something I just, good happens for him. Not against us, but I hope maybe he gets. I don't know. Would Georgia Tech be a promotion for him? He should go somewhere big and but he's appreciated. Like Clemson overran that state. <laughs> maybe uh, to yeah. try to get Jim Grobe, right? Maybe Wake Forest yeah. can finally pay the favor off. But yeah, I mean, like that that stadium got overran by Clemson fans. That screwed it up, man. Like yeah. help that guy out, man. Yeah, um, I just man, he why not call timeouts there at the end, Aslan? He yeah, they, I thought he ran the ball too much on that last drive when they when it was tied before overtime. He punted. She didn't have to punt. Uh, gave the ball back to Clemson, and then with three timeouts and then with their own ten, he didn't call any timeouts. He let them run one play into the line, and that was it. I, I don't know. I just thought, why why are you playing for overtime, man? You, all you do is throw fades to your wide receivers, and they can, they have shown you repeatedly they can't cover them. So why then are you being this conservative late in the game? I, I just thought I thought he kind of the, the the he he kind of shrunk in the moment a little bit, and I think he is an awesome coach. Um, he's a very very good coach. What he's doing at Wake Forest is nuts. Uh, but I just I I was I was rooting for Wake. There's a very good chance that if Wake had won that game, game day would be in Tallahassee this weekend. If you know, if there is a game. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was I just that, that was a bummer. I really was rooting for Wake. I felt bad for them. I felt bad for uh, Sam Hartman. I will not feel bad for any of them this Saturday coming up. But I did feel bad for him in that game because, of course, Clemson won that. Of course, of course, Dabo yeah. still keeps winning. Wake twenty first in the coaches poll, twenty second in the AP poll. Six ACC schools now ranked: Clemson fifth, NC State tenth, Wake twenty right. first. Florida State twenty second, Pitt twenty fourth, and Syracuse. So that they ended up winning on Friday night, huh? They yeah, held on. yeah, they did hold on. It was, a, it was a down to the wire, man. How about that? So Florida State's about to play three straight ranked teams. It's a tough stretch, gang. It's a tough stretch. Like you, you do get a you get lucky in the sense that um, you know two of them are coming off playing Clemson. Like you know you're going to play NC State the week after they just played Clemson, and you're playing Wake the week after they played Clemson and played double overtime. So they they should be. A little bit exhausted, a little bit heartbroken. Uh, that could work into your favor a little bit. Um, you would think, but on on the watch along, Dominic Robinson was saying he thinks this is this that wasn't good for Florida State. He thinks coming off the loss, Wake is going to be more dialed in and hungry. Which I mean, he would know better. I've, I haven't been in that kind of locker room, but I would just think that that was not a gut punch, but they. I mean, they left it, was, it all yeah, out it was. there, man. They, they have, left it yeah, all out there. And they haven't beaten that team, and they, they've never beaten Dabo, man. Yeah. They, they they haven't beaten that team since '08. Um, and they 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 had it. it was right there. They had a cha- They had the game won, um, and they kind of blew it. Yeah, I mean, I we'll see. It shouldn't. They're young kids. It shouldn't carry over. But I've seen a lot of, um, you know, I've seen some Florida State games where it felt like they lost to a team twice mm. because there was just a hangover. There was a carryover from a from a. Uh, a devastating loss. I'll always remember the uh, the uh, what was it the Ricks the 2002 wide left was it wide left the yeah, Bathia yeah Miami yeah um, where they they outplayed Miami that whole game yep. lost at the end yep. the little jester danced around Bathia after the the Miami kid danced around him yep. I can't believe he didn't get punched in the face and then the next week they come and just lay an egg against Notre Dame a Notre Dame team they were more talented than. Um, and just it just seemed like they they were still hungover from the last week, um, so it, it can happen. But uh, uh, yeah, man, who knows? It's hard to know. And look, if they get up fourteen to nothing, start feeling good about themselves, they won't be heartbroken anymore. They'll be in the middle of a game. Um, but yeah, so either way, um, it's a really tough stretch. 
And I think if you're a Florida State fan, man, you, you start dreaming about, man, can they win all three of these? Well, let's slow it down. Get to 5-0. and They can. They can. Will they? Will cer- they certainly can. they can. Yeah. Absolutely they can. If they get through this stretch 2-1. and one, Yes. Still you a win. Will be, Still a big win. Still a abs- big win. You will be above the flipping moon, man. Because uh, think about it. They would be 6-1 and one yeah. with wins over two ranked teams. They would be, I don't know, 15th in the country. They'll have either beaten NC State on the road or Clemson at home. Um, or maybe lose to Wake and win the next two. Whatever it is. Um, that they will they will have three or four really good wins under their belt and they'll be six and one. So with a but, bye week, yeah. And again, with a bye week coming. So but either way, be, getting to five and zero oh, with going into that NC State game, man, I just you 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 get you start to get a little juiced up, man. You start to get a little excited, like start okay, jumping this around. Is, you start jumping around. Yeah, like I did at the end of the video, yeah. the war chant rap, because it's like you you feel it, man. Like I, I really, really hope the hurricane, well, I was going to say I hope it shifts left. Well, I'm not rooting it for anybody. I don't want anybody yeah. to get hit by this thing. Um, but I hope it goes away, because I can't wait to see what it feels like this week. Hmm. Because it really is starting to remind me, and I know this isn't close to the team, and they won't be playing for nearly highly the, the stakes. But like the 13 and 14 years, 12 to an extent too, where you just, you, you felt it in the community. You felt it on campus. You feel a different kind of energy when your college football team is good and you're in a smallish town. And I think that's what Florida State, that, that's what, you, that's what you, you felt a little bit this past week, yeah. but it was Boston College. Well, now you got a ranked team. It was parents yeah. weekend. It was brought yeah. the juice, mom and dad. Absolutely. Try to go to brunch on Sunday on parents weekend, gang. Holy moly. Uh, that was great. But uh, but yeah. So but I this week, if the if we can avert this weather and we know the game is going to be played, I just can't wait for the for the hype to keep slowly building, slowly building, and then you start to think and look ahead. Okay, this feels awesome. What's it gonna feel like in two weeks when that orange team rolls into town? Come on, man! And you actually have a team you think can win and expect to win. That's yeah. it's exciting. It's exciting stuff, man. Aslan, we made it. We did. Well, it's 4-0. Let's get bowl eligible before we start talking about we made it. But, man, what a great start. You couldn't have – there's no way – there's no way if you'd asked either one of us in on August 20th, uh, do you think this team will be 4-0? No way. Yeah, no. We wouldn't have we, – no. No, 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 nope, wouldn't have said it. So this is uh, this has been just awesome. And it's been awesome. It's been an awesome month. And the month. way they've won these games, there could be slippage, but there's not going to be a drop-off. Like – the way that they were getting pressed by LSU, but figuring out a way to make the final play. The way they were pressed and thrown into like a really horrible situation against Louisville, but still ending yeah. up making plays. Like that, that's like a, a micro sort of level thing, obviously in a game situation. But over the course of a season, like if these situations happen again, I know they can't take that many more injuries, but like they are, they're not going to quit, man. They're not going to quit in games. Uh, they are supremely talented right now at the quarterback position. Uh, and they're just operating at a really high level, man. So it's it's hard not to there's, really there, there, put your mind ahead and start thinking about Phoenix. And there, well, off. sure. And, but there's nothing lucky Charlotte. about it. No, no, they're, no. They're, no. That, they're, they're, in fact, they've been unlucky. Like, when you think about them having to play one of the biggest games of the year, the first, the ACC opener, um, with their starting quarterback injured and their, defensive, their best two defensive linemen not playing in the second half, one didn't make the trip, um, that's unlucky. Really unlucky. And your kicker can't make kicks. 
That's well, unlucky. That's, yeah, well, your kicker not making kicks, that's kind of on you. But right? I'm saying, like, you don't go into a season thinking, man, we can't even go for it. We, <laughs> we can't kick 46-yard field goals. We have to go for every fourth down, which apparently, and we'll talk about that more throughout the week because that'll be something that apparently is going to be something we we have to uh, – Press them on a little bit. Well, not press them on. I mean, just that's that's what it, – it's the new reality of this team. They're going to go for a lot of fourth downs when they're in that no-man's land. Uh, because they don't trust well, their kicker outside no of 30. It's, it's no man's land for this team right now. That's that, Yeah, it's their yeah, no man's land, yeah. no kicker land, yeah, and, which you. is what they feel right now. I mean, the kid kicked a 30-yarder, and they missed an extra point. And it wasn't like his. wasn't like he drilled that field goal. His it first, got through there. And his first extra point was gross. Yeah, it, it he had, barely he, snuck none, in. Yeah, crazy. and he had a couple that barely stuck in. So he's just he's, – he's struggling mightily right now. But that's you know you don't go to a season thinking you're going to be lucky to make extra points like so not it you you would I would have thought if they were four and zero they would have been completely healthy and they would have gotten a lot of luck turnover luck injury luck well they haven't really had either um, you know one of their turnovers against Louisville hit a hit a tight end in the hand so they they've kind of been a little bit unlucky in their four and zero. Um, so that's just, again, that's really, really encouraging um, because there's nothing fluky about the way they've played these first four games. They are a good football team. they got to make it last in the next eight, eight weeks, but through four weeks, they are a very good uh, college football team. Uh, they are a good college football team. They're a very good fo- college football team. All right, all right, correct me. I don't care. Um, about eight minutes ago, Corey said something about you don't want to lose twice. You don't want to let a team you know, knock you off twice. Now, Florida State doesn't have that problem right now because they're undefeated. Um, correct, right. University of Florida and University of Miami have found ways to lose two games now apiece. Yes. Yeah. And really, Florida could be, probably should be 0 and 4. They should. They're not. But they're not. But they're they 2 should. and 2. The record's should. a record. Uh, so Rocky Top prevails, but they don't cover the spread. I mean, that onside kick made my heart sink. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. That's exactly how Florida's going to, that. yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, they're gonna, he's going to throw a Hail Mary and they're going to win the game. Because that's what Tennessee does. Yeah, Miami and Florida's projected first-round picks at quarterback. Man. You know, Richardson played okay. I, I yeah. don't think you really blame him for the loss. Tyler no, Van he Dyke, threw for 400 yards. Did he throw for 400? Yeah. Golly. Yep. Tyler Van Dyke got the hook. He yes. got He got pulled. Um, this on the heels of him criticizing his own fan base. Some yep. might say criticizing, some might say just speaking the truth simply in a free mm-hmm. country. Uh, but lost his job in the middle of a game where they lost to stand-up Rick Stockstill, uh, Florida State alum, and the yeah. middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders who did not have Bailey Hockman at quarterback. Uh, I don't think Bailey's in the in the game any longer. Uh, but Miami goes down. Florida goes down. Uh, Jimbo was a upright post-doink. They call it the oink because the Razorbacks mm. pick. Oh, oh, there you go. That's funny. Very funny. Um, so it wasn't the, the triple crown of Freud or whatever that word is. Pretty cool, man. I think we're probably, I don't know, like the uh, third best team in the state behind the Jags and the Dolphins right now. So How about the Jags? Feels good. And feels the good. Dolphins, by the way. I was at, I was actually at CP on Sunday at Corner Pocket, and there were some there are plenty of Dolphins fans there, and I just feel really good for them. Yeah. It's been so long. Uh, but I like man, their coach, too. I like Mike McDaniel. He's, I do, too. Yeah. Cool, cool um, but, uh, you know, when you, when you look at that Hurricanes team, and, um, I mean, look, man, and I Did like that see... defensive coordinator hire. You didn't like it. I'm like, oh, Kevin Sills good. He got 40 points hung on him by Middle Man, Tennessee State kid, at home. That kid threw for 400 yards on 15 completions. 
That's crazy. He was like 15 of 26 for 400 yards. They gave up a 98-yard touchdown pass. After they got um, stuffed on like fourth and goal, yes. and then they turned right around. And so, boom. and Stockstill was right. Rick Stockstill, he's the coach at Middle Tennessee State. He was the quarterback at Florida State in the early 80s. He's I think 81. For, he's been there forever. Yeah, he man. has. Yeah, he was the coach. Uh, he was the quarterback at, for the 81 team. Um, but obviously he's a, a, an alum of Florida State, and he even said, like, I know the people in Tallahassee love me today. because." And he's like, this wasn't a fluke. Like, we kicked their butts, and I'm not afraid to say we kicked their butts. And he was right. And, yeah, man, that that's a that's a that's an issue for the Canes moving forward, man, because you thought that, okay, well, they lost some guys, but they have a really good quarterback. Um, They're bringing in some talent. They're going to be a problem this year. They still might be. We'll see if they turn around. But, man, their offense is gross right now. Van Dyke doesn't know where he's throwing to, and if he throws it to the right person – so half the time they drop it. Like they are really struggling on offense, and he was being booed every other pass by the by the eight thousand people that were there. Which again, it's kind of I, I wonder what Taylor Van Dyke's saying in his head. Tyler, yeah. Tyler Taylor, whatever man. Van Spike is what we call him, right? <laughs> Too short. Um, when uh, because he says what he says, which was basically like he likes going on the road because they're real college atmospheres. Isn't that what he said? Something like that. I'll try to pull Some, up the quote here. And get yeah, it. something to something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like he enjoys playing on the road because it's a re it feels like a real college atmosphere. The unspoken part is it doesn't where I play, which is true. And if you go watch, because boy, I did when I got home Saturday night, I wanted to see every single highlight of the Miami Middle Tennessee State game. Go look at that crowd, dude. Go, go. I don't know why I keep calling you, dude. I'm not 21 anymore. I Get like it together, it's Clark. It's dude. crazy. It's too, it's too, uh, too comfortable with you. Here we go. But, you told Carson Palmer, "I like away games better. We don't really have much of a college atmosphere because we play at Hard Rock." Okay. Well, I think it's because you play at Hard Rock in front of nine people. Yeah. I think that's the not college atmosphere. But go look at that crowd, and I just think the irony of those people that are there, and God bless them for showing up. It's Middle Tennessee, but. They're booing him for saying what exactly is the truth. They don't have a college atmosphere except for one game every two years. Um, so it's just the, the irony of them booing as they sit around 60,000 empty blue seats, booing a kid for saying he likes playing on the road because it's a real college atmosphere, which he's absolutely right. Um, but I just, I loved it. I loved the fact that they were booing him. He played horribly. They played horribly. Um, yeah, and we haven't even talked about... Uh, Norvell, Landon, Hakeem Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty I mean, cool. Pretty I cool. Mean, again, Five-star consensus wide receiver out of Strand yeah. High School. Beats out A&M, yeah. beats out Miami, Pitt, Bama. Gets some. Con, like a consensus top 20, 25 player in the country. Yeah. A consensus like top two or three wide receiver in the country. Man, that is a great sign moving forward. Number one, you kept a kid in state, but you got a wide receiver. A mm -hmm. big-time wide receiver. It's been a minute since you signed one of them. Um, that's uh, on top of being four and zero. On top of what you've done in the portal, if you start now, he's I think they're fifteenth at least on Correct. threes rankings. I Correct. think they're fifteenth in the in the team recruiting rankings. If you can hover around there, stay there, stay anywhere from ten to fifteen, and you're and you're building upon what you're doing the next year. All of a sudden, now things can change really quickly. You just you love the direction of this program, all all in all facets, recruiting portal. The player development, um, the crowd, the, just the, the energy within the fan base, it's all... It, Coaching staff, you like all the pieces. Yeah. I mean, your, your special teams, defensive ends coach is figuring things out. The receivers coach is figuring things out. Yeah, man, good times. Good yeah, times it is, it is good times. It's it's fine, and we deserve it, don't we, Aslan? Yeah. Because we, we've had to talk about a lot of bad football for five... Since you and I have done this, it's been nothing but bad football. It's been nothing but 
you know, near losses, blowout losses, and UTEP bowl games. Like just El Paso. That's all we've had. El Paso. I, I, I love you, El Paso. I'm, we're not, I do not speak of you in any sort of. Uh, but is that our highlight? That's our highlight since we've been doing the show is the El Paso. Do you bowl. not like Mexican food? It, I ate like a king, sir. I ate like a king for five nights. It was amazing. I love it. I'm, I'm sure the people of El Paso are great. It sounds like they put on a great bowl. They, it really yeah. does matter to them. Yeah. But I'm just saying when you start covering Florida State as a program, you don't think the ceiling is El Paso. I like Phoenix. Well, you know, you're exactly right. Yeah, exactly speak. right. You lo- you said that earlier. You would love to live in Phoenix. Yeah. It spurred off a real good conversation on War Champ, by the way. Somebody really, you know, rallied the the horses and the carts around the uh, Leon County, and it was crazy talking about like living in Tallahassee and being close to the water. I'm like, eh, eh like well, two hours away good, from like a good. It's beach. good to have an as an option though. Yeah, you true. can just on a whim say I'm going to the beach. Yeah, you can. No, it's it it's not a you you can't take your bike you can't ride your bike there yeah but you you can't on a whim saying you know what you know what i'm gonna do tomorrow you know what i'm gonna do later day i'm just gonna go to the beach i would like to also be like i just want to get on a plane and go to new york city nonstop. i want to go to top golf um look man look, we can't have not, it all we gotta we gotta yeah, really I was gonna good say, we're not gonna take right this now. tallahassee slander yeah, all right, we're not gonna okay. take this tallahassee slander all right uh we got shows coming up the entire week but uh this week as it does tick down uh we're gonna be hitting the end of the month which means the one dollar special will be yeah. over. So we come to you. I think Austin Green, I don't know if you're still listening to the show now, I have a screenshot. You said if they would go 4-0, you would subscribe. Mm. So I need you uh, to save face. I need you to provide receipts that you have signed up, or I will shame you and your lineage uh, for not spending a dollar to get hooked up for an entire year of access to warchant.com. All the recruiting stuff that Corey's talking about, Hakeem Williams ratings, who's coming in for visits, all that's available. Over maybe a quarterback. Pre- maybe yeah. a quarterback's going to come in and sign on now. Now you got now you got some receivers, right, Corey? Yeah. I got some. Come here, come here. We got some. We got some weapons for you. We got you covered. So check that out. Iris three two one. Corey's post game columns, which are always a freaking riot and really good and illuminating, and just how great things are right now for Florida State. Gene Williams pulling out the PFF diving into all the stats and making it pretty digestible for all of you. Tom Lang, his observations, third and Lang, Jeff Cameron breaking things down, uh, Austin Cox helping out. There's a <laughs> army of people providing content for you for the next 365 days if you sign up right now for only $1. Okay, And you better do it. You've got five days to do it, right, Aslan? Yeah. Four days. Four yeah. days. Yeah. So you got four days left. You, you've waited long enough. Don't procrastinate any longer. Let's yeah. go, man. Yeah, Quit being right. our woman. I know we got women listening yeah. to the show. A lot Come of you, lady. if you're not if you're not signed up to War Chant, do it. It's not a boys' club over there. There's yeah. plenty of women in there that mix it up. Get in there too. Yeah. We'll speak to Coach Norvell and the coordinators at 11:30 a.m. So be on the lookout for all that over on our YouTube page. We'll have shows the rest of the week. Jeff Cameron show coming up one to three o'clock. And again, a reminder: if you are an Apple device and you download this show on mobile device using the podcast app, search "Wake Up War Chant." You'll see two results. Hit the one on the right. That's the one that's got the more ratings and reviews. Make sure you download and subscribe to that one, please. It pulls every all the numbers. Let's get all the numbers on that show. That way we can um, kind of pump our chest about how cool this show is because mm. I think it's pretty cool. So is Corey Clark. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.